Hello and welcome to episode 136 of the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Mid-Off because by midway through, you'll probably want to switch off. I'm your host, the man voted most likely to get caught at Mid-Off, Mike, the Mick, and let me introduce the rest of the team. Next up is the man voted most likely to take centre right-handed and then bat left-handed. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't done that trick for a while, just quietly. (laughs) Hello, Mick. Hello, everyone. Good to be here. Great to have you listening to us again, as always. Thank you. I appreciate your listenership. And next co-host is the man voted most likely to get suspended for throwing his bat 100 metres. Welcome, Alex. At least 30 metres was written in the uh, police report, I think. I had to go to court for that one. It was pretty much a huge, that huge of an indiscretion. And lastly, the man voted most likely to be given LBW for a golden duck first ball of the season. <laughs> Welcome, David. That was a good day, that. I smacked them all pre-season and then face up for the first ball of the season and get absolutely hobbed LBW. One of the blokes standing behind the bowler's arm goes, geez, I thought it was slowing down leg. And I said, fuck off, idiot. I was plum as fuck. <laughs> plum, uh, went, plum went down Plum Street. That's it. Plumbers. So welcome one and all to the Frederick Harold Sock Company Studios. This is a tight ship production brought to you by Big Lug Enterprises. All righty, so there hasn't been too much going on apart from a bit of Shield cricket and a bit of IPL, but we don't really care about the IPL. So um, we'll quickly touch on the cricket news. There has been a couple of retirements come out of Australian cricket, so we might as well um, start with them. So we'll touch on the big one that came out, and that was Shane Watson. So yes. whilst um, social media got a lot of run out of this because he's already retired, the reality was is he has been playing a fucking heap of T20 cricket around the world, and that was actually what he's really retiring from because he's retired from pretty much everything else. So mm-hmm. um, just a bit of insight into Shane Watson, the T20 player. So he's played over th- he's played 343 games. <laughs> Of T20 cricket, he's made 8,821 runs at 29.3, which isn't too bad for an opening bat in uh, T20 cricket. He made 53 50s and six tons. Tie score was 124, not out. With the ball, he's taken 216 wickets at 27, and he's got best figures of four for 15. Do we have his strike rate in batting? No, I didn't write that down, which is... I should have, because it's actually a proper, proper, really needed stat for that, but I didn't write it down. Mm. Yeah, Roscoe? Uh, you know, you say, you know, you should average 50 in test cricket, and then they used to say, not that it talks about much anymore, but 40 in ODI cricket was like the equivalent, because there's less opportunity. <laughs> so I guess that means 30. Is the fucking blues brother on the other screen over 30 nice in test 20 is, the, is 50 in test cricket. Would you agree with that sort of simple math? Oh, why not? Uh, yeah, why I think not? it is, yeah. yeah. So he's very close to averaging uh, averaging the equivalent of 50 in test cricket yes. in T20 cricket, but not quite, which is the story of Shane Watson. <laughs> Almost there, yeah. Almost, but not quite. But, yeah, so there was um, one of our listeners reached out to us and had a bit of a chat about what Owen was comparing. Um, he's saying how much... Um, Watson just wasn't quite as good as Ben Stokes and all this type of thing. And fuck me, these English bikes. Are we about ben to? Stokes. Are we about to lose one of our only? No, listeners? not at all. No, oh, right. just, to put it in, <laughs> no, but I just want to put it comparatively because, like, and I love Henstock, but the way he the message basically was that Shane Watson is a really poor man's Ben Stokes, and there's not many, there's not many um, 
players that are in the Ben Stokes class of being able to bat, you know, outside of six, uh, outside of seven or eight as a um, all rounder and all this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Ben Stokes averages two more than Watson with the ball bat, and averages oh. two less than Watson with the ball. So where I come mm. from, they're pretty much the same fucking player. And Watson used to bat at the top of the order, so his runs are harder to get than Ben Stokes coming in late and whacking a few <laughs> fucking tired cunts. Except when they're like seven for spit and fucking Headingley yeah, well, or whatever it was. Easy, easy, they might as well boy. open. The reality is that Ben Stokes didn't cure cancer. He just plays cricket a little bit better than you're used to because English openers are so fucking horrible. That's all it fucking is. You want to talk about an opener? You want to talk about how fucking where openers need to come from? My man, greatest te- greatest test player of all fucking time, Jack Callis. Added three, bold first change. He is the fucking opener. He's the fucking all-rounder. He's the man in test cricket. Ben Stokes doesn't even have enough numbers behind him to hold Jack's fucking jockstrap. Ben Stokes fluked a game in the World Cup that you won on countback. He didn't even fucking win it. He drew it for you. <laughs> And you won on countback. The bloke is not a fucking superstar. He's just a very good player in a very poor fucking team. That's all he fucking is. I think you're missing out on the, the most important stat, Michael. How many heads has Shane Watson kicked in, in the middle of the street? Yeah, well, that's exactly yeah, He's right. not a head but, kicker. No, and, no. So, the, therefore, Stokes is better. And Shane, Watson, Shane Watson also <laughs> plays for the country that he was fucking born in, which is a really uh, nice uh, What a prick. What an <laughs> uh, Stokes, Stokes averages two more head kicks in than yeah, as well. So. And I think we've all learned something there. It's the Jacques Colors goggles. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, thanks for your listening. From, from now on, for me, Jacques Colors will always be Jacques Colors. <laughs> <laughs> Not just Jacques Cullis, it's Jacques Cullis. For the listeners, for us doing a bit of the old... If you want to give us your opinion, I'll happily berate you on the podcast afterwards. So the answer to my question... flourish on it too. Just not (laughs) put them up. No, just like pop. They really got to pop off the bottom of the screen. The answer to my question was, yes, we are going to lose one of our... Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, (laughs) I can't believe anyone's still listening. One of the, that's a good point. One I'm of not. the great stats that we talked about during the week, I think, was his record under Ponting and his record under Clark, which yes. is stark. Not a Mitchell stark mm. difference, just a stark difference. And and I didn't realise that at all. Because, well, you probably should have, because there was a decline in Watson's output as he got a bit older. There's a, um, there a decline in the team under Clark. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's probably the quality of the general players because Ponting had some jets. I'd, I'd never seen that stat before. And that actually, Mick, you know, it's a good thing you do follow Dan Bredick on Twitter yeah. to fire you up. Because no, that's time he actually now, brought Mick, something I that I didn't know. Yeah. 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 So, so usually he's bringing hearsay and bullshit. Yeah. Normally he's complaining <laughs> about the fucking Adelaide Crows. Like, can't you live in Melbourne, mate? Give up on it now. I'll fucking go back. One or the other. Mate, Mick, I reckon you should not hold back this episode. I think you're holding back just a little bit too much to start with, all right? So, oh. you know, just, just let the juices flow, mate. Get it out, all right? So to touch on what Alex was um, talking about when it comes to Watto, so um, under so Shane Watson, uh, this is batting. Shane Watson's batting under uh, Ricky Ponding. 26 tests, 1,870 runs at 41 and a half. He was and ball wise, he took forty two wickets at thirty one. Um, so that was just batting. Then as an opener, um, under Ponty, he played eighteen tests. He made sixteen hundred and thirteen runs at a tick over fifty. Um, so then under Clark, 
He played 29 tests. He had 1,648 runs at 31, and he had 28 wickets at 35. As an opener under Clark, he had 436 runs at 24 from 11 tests. Amazing. So you might say that under Ponting, Shane Watson was a reasonable facsimile of Jacques Cullis. Yeah. (laughs) He's nearly as good as Flintoff, you might say. Oh, Mick, watch him out there. <laughs> well, I remember Flint off opening. Now, what I'll say is, it, it's, it's, well, we've spoken about this with um, English cricketers and, and especially the favourites of English cricket supporters, yeah. is they always have like talisman innings or talisman bowling efforts. Talk about that with Broad, where his numbers are, you know, he's a good international test mm, cricket bowler, yeah, but his yeah, numbers aren't like yeah, he's the best in the yeah, world, but he has talismanic, you know, spells where he will take seven for spit. And Flintoff yeah, was the same. Mm. Yeah, and I think um, mm. uh, Stokes is the same. I don't look at Watson and say there's this talismanic no. Watson innings. You just don't have it. All bowling, no. took, I think Watson took like six for 50 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. His only five 75 wickets in 60 test matches. Yeah, mm. not talismanic, but like the numbers are there. You know, it's a d- different cricketer, I think. The highs and lows, it's just sort of maybe is quite average yeah. with his output. Yeah. I think the thing too, what I was a batting all-rounder opposed to most all-rounders tend to be bowling all-rounders. So they're a bloke who can bowl and bat a little bit. Hence the, you know, they normally bat at seven or they bat at eight because they're fucking yeah, yeah. where what I was an actual top four batsman who could bowl well enough to be classed as an all-rounder. So yeah, yeah Roscoe. Yeah. I was just thinking he's, he was in an interesting category because he wasn't a natural opener, but he ended up, <coughs> sorry, opening. I was trying to think of all-rounders who've been openers and bowled. The only one I could come up with was um, Ravi Shastri. I think he opened. He started out as a number seven, I think, and then was an opener, very slow batsman, and bowled quite a bit. But there you go. Well, what Can't about, think of any others off what about um, all-rounders that just wanted to open, like you know, Mitchell Johnson in ODIs, just sort of yeah, open, that's it. open the batting. You know? So that was just what he wanted to do. You know? was, it was almost a fate to comply yeah. uh, for a period of time there. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah. Yes, Dave. I just Googled Shane Watson to find his stats and his best bowling. And one of the first things that come up is Shane Watson, Australia's talismanic all-rounder. So... <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's yet another thing I'm wrong about regarding cricket. What a surprise. <laughs> uh, maybe in the one-day game, I think it maybe refers to more. It was Australia's, I think, up there with Australia's best one-day players. Oh, yeah, yep. he's a gun one-day player. Oh, Australia's greatest ever... One day, oh, yeah, one day all rounder. I don't know. There's James Hopes in the mix, mate. I think. <laughs> Can I? I'll just go through his one day. Grace have a one day like. player, full stop. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. give us a give, chuck it out there, Bull. Uh, so in his ODI career, 190 ODIs, 5,757 runs at 40, uh, highest score of 185 red, 933.50s. And he's bowling uh, 168 wickets at 31. Uh, best bowling at four for 36. Yeah, it's not, it's pretty good going. Yeah. I think that fits your uh, summation, Mick, that he's a batting all-rounder. Yeah. Because you know, he's got heaps of runs and then just a bit under one wicket per game. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Played 60 test matches, 50 test matches. Mm. Mm. I think the thing, too, is like 
over the journey, Australia like hasn't had that kind of even really need for all rounders the way some other countries have. Because mm. their like, bowling attack's been pretty strong. Yeah, like yeah. like it'd be even go back like you can go back to like earlier in the day, like like Richard Hadley and that like Australia never really had in that period players like that. They just had dumb bats and mm. dumb bowlers and there was no like real what? Like, 2005 fucked it up for us when Flintoff yeah. decided to just tear an Ashes series apart and then mm. we decided that we needed an all-rounder in that. Yeah, game. and it's scarred Cricket Australia for fucking the next 20 fucking yeah. years. One going. sort of all-rounder in our time that uh, Australia did have a little bit was Greg Matthews. Yeah. Because he, he batted um, seven. He's one of the four bowlers, but Healy batted down at eight and he batted seven. He made four test centuries, mm. Greg Matthews. It's actually possibly slightly better batsman than he was bowler across his tetons. So, yeah, yeah but folks like him and Simon O'Donnell, uh, they felt like they're from a different era, not just because of time pass, but because of the, the thought that a guy like that would even play test cricket. Yeah. As we were more growing up in sort of the mid to late 90s into the 2000s, just all-rounders were just, nah, just didn't have them. Yeah. Yeah. Greg, Greg Matthews averaged 41 with the bat at test level. <laughs> Unbelievable! Yeah, so New Zealand four test like centuries, the New Zealand 95. best ever. <laughs> yeah, he did average almost fifty with yep. the ball, though. So oh, fuck. There we go. Batting all rounder at yeah. seven, <laughs> sick. Mm. Yeah. But that was the nature of the Australian team in that yeah. in that era of time, the mid eighties to the mid nineties. Oh, he was early nineties. Yeah, yeah. 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 All righty. So that brings uh, this um, episode of All Rounder Talk to a close, and <laughs> we'll move on to um, another retiree in Australian cricket, and that was um, Alan Ferguson. So, um, Who? yeah, exactly. So after being recalled for Tom Cooper into the Saka uh, Shield team, um, he will go on to make a pair against the all conquering mighty Victorian side, and they retire. So. Um, he was a one-test wonder, old Cal Ferguson. It was the famous one where his brother took a fucking 75-hour flight from London and got there with one minute to spare and he ran himself out for one or whatever on fucking in his own oh, match. From my so, memory, I don't reckon he ran himself three. out. I think what, fell on a sword for Steve Smith, I think, was sort of how He got burnt by someone, yeah. Steve Smith, yeah. Was it? Okay. Yeah. On that I think there was sort of like Hobart. a, I think yeah. there was sort of like a look in between their eyes, going, "Who's more likely to make runs and save this series test match?" Yeah. It was like, well, it's Steve. And that's why he only ever played one test. He wasn't selfish enough to be a pop cricketer, Cal Ferguson. <laughs> so, um... exactly, it's a numbers game. It's you know <laughs> the most you selfish team on your bike. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Next ball, more ball stumps everywhere. <laughs> Um, so Cal, like, while we like laugh and joke about his um unfortunate test career, he was a pretty solid first class player. Um, he has played, he played 146 first class games, he made 9,278 runs at 36.8, uh, sorry, yeah, 36.81. Pardon me, he made 31 50s and 14 tons. Has a highest score of 213. He also could nearly be a New Zealand all-rounder because across those 146 games, he took two wickets of 49 and a half. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's an interesting stat that you brought up, Alex, today that um, post-test 
match. Match debut. His numbers absolutely fucking went in the toilet. They did. It was 44 innings. Not sure how many games after that. Yeah. Would be 20 odd, you'd imagine. Yeah, something like 30, that. maybe. Oh, he's had uh, a sack and they probably bat twice every time. So I'd say oh, 20 good games. <laughs> Face lots of balls defending outright, but yeah. yes, Paul. I can confirm Cal Ferguson burnt himself in the run out. I just watched it. Oh, okay. Okay. No. Just coming back for two and just didn't get there, run into the danger. Oh, no. Um, yeah, so it was 44 innings, and I think. What, six... One of the things that gets. Yes. Okay, I'll go. 44 innings, okay, and it was something you. like 600 and something, or not under something runs, and it's like 16. It was, yeah. it's amazing to me that he played for so long with those numbers. Yeah, well, 44 just... innings is a lot of matches. Geez, South Australian cricket, a bad point. Yeah. Yes, Roscoe. Sorry. <clears throat> Cal Ferguson did have a good run in the Australian ODI team. Yeah. Many years prior to his test match debut. Back in 2009, he got a middle order spot. I can't think whose spot he took, but... I think he um, got yeah, injured. He won... That's the only reason he lost his spot. Oh, sorry. I can't think whose spot he took. Oh, but anyway, right. sometimes ODI team's a bit hard to yeah, figure probably, out. Probably um, the Subaru Forrester. Bevan. Subaru Forrester, yeah. probably. Yeah, Peter Forrest. Yeah, just was oh, just or something. Available. <laughs> uh, anyway, so in the middle order, he was quite a, quite a good player. and averaged, you know, I think uh, in the 40s even. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, in the 2009 Champions Trophy final, he injured his knee. He needed knee reconstruction. And um, that curtailed his career quite a bit. And he was only in his uh, mid-20s or so then. And, yeah, it could have been big things for him from there because that was still in the time where they sort of trial blokes in the one-day team before they might want to come into the test team a little bit. Yeah. And um, there's still that famous photo of them in the 2009 Champions Trophy in South Africa with the Australian gold on and then the white jackets that they all got for winning <laughs> that. And then Cal Ferguson limped up onto stage to receive his white jacket. Uh, 41.43, Ross, his ODI average. Pretty, pretty, very Thanks solid. Thanks for David. Fact checker. Um, was that the Champions League trophy where Shane Watson got man of the match and dominated? Because it might be a nice tie into our two segments there. Oh, we so, should have researched it that is. beforehand. That would have been good. Yeah, mm. no, it is. It's the one, and that's why he got the bone jacket where all the other guys got white. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Man of the match. Gets that the stucco. Mm. I'll find a photo of it. We'll As put I it say, in the, the classics. Mm. Yeah, so I think like, the point Alex made too is the fact that Khaled had a pretty very light on run since that test debut and still managed to keep his spot on the side. Just shows that Mike Hussey can do reviews of South Australian cricket until he fucking is long in the grave and it will not fix that fucking cricket association. They are a long way off being anywhere near competitive. They brought him dizzy, which is obviously a fucking good step, but I don't know if he'll be there for that long because he's probably got higher aspirations anyway. So it's a long way off old old South Australian cricket. Yes, Roscoe? They're not that bad. You know, they made a sh- two Shield finals, was it, that Victoria beat them in, consecutive ones or something like that? Yeah. They were but- flying... Ferguson got injured before one of those Shield finals, which the Vicks won. Wouldn't have mattered, mate. Yeah, they had Tanko Ferguson, Vicks would have won, mate. That's yeah, it's true. They had Peter Siddle at <laughs> that time. So. Um, I will give you a point, though, that they sort of were building. When Tom Cooper and I know Ferguson since his test debut has been rubbish, but about four or five years ago, 
South Australia, we're actually building, but now all those blokes are sort of times passed them by mm-hmm. and they're back down to the doldrums, that's for sure. You had blokes like Joe Manny, who's just a good average uh, first-class cricketer play, like get 60, 55, 60 wickets in a season. Um, mm-hmm. And Chad Sayers was getting 50 in that. So they had a number of good players peak at a similar time. And unfortunately for them, they just didn't get the shield. They lost two finals, I think, from yeah. memory. Uh, they certainly hosted one and lost, which is quite unusual. Yeah. Pretty sad day for you, Ross, to be honest. That one where he put his foot on the... What's that? It's a sad day for you, Ross, with um, Shane Watson retiring. I don't know if anyone's going to be looking for topless photos of him anymore. Oh, yeah. Completely nude photos. Well, that's it. I might just have to... <laughs> the, the dick and balls back to my private collection. <laughs> uh, and... Um, some people have illegal content on the computer. I just have photos of Shane Watson with minimal clothing on. Yeah. <laughs> or none, no, but I, just no, the I cock and balls. No, I don't. No, I don't. Cock no, and I balls don't. blanked out. <laughs> Pads just on, Just a that's cricket it. bat in front yeah. of it. Just, yeah. just a cricket bat. Yeah. Holding a pair of gloves. Yeah. <laughs> and it. I think we're forgetting something about Shane Watson, which, you know, everyone knows about, but a terrible at a review. Maybe that had something to do with his... Uh, um, terrible numbers underneath Clark. Clark's he just like, review everything, mate. That's the instruction. Review <laughs> everything. He wasn't great against the swinging red pill, was he? No. He had a little bit of um, technical difficulties, you might say, with plonking his front foot straight down the middle of the pitch, <laughs> having a big hoof at it to cover drive it as hard as he yeah. could. Uh, if the ball deviated even a millimetre off dead straight, <laughs> he was in trouble. <laughs> But we loved him for it, yeah. And that's why I said. Oh, good. mate, I was very critical of Shane Watson over the years. I can't come and say like, "Oh, he's amazing. He's great." Oh, you were critical of Ricky of Ponting, of course. You'll be critical frustrating. Of I still am critical of Ricky Ponting. I'm critical of fucking Steve Waugh. <laughs> you had him, Watto, most frustrating possibly. You yeah. had Mitchell, Mister Hot and Cold himself, Mitchell yeah. Johnson. Yeah. You had Brad. Hula hoop hat, who oh. could be sensible or could be a, a, a yahoo and just go silly. <laughs> yeah, managed to tone it down in his final year or two. Mm. Yeah, well, the hula hoop technique that that shot to cover inside out or whatever it was. Oh, in, was South Africa. Yeah, in South brilliant. Africa, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, that one. six for twenty-five. Yeah. I'll dance down yeah, the that, wicket, hit over cover. That'll had... get me out of trouble. <laughs> He just had a collection of not quite there cricketers as well. Probably like Nathan Horrocks, who was a nice bloke, but probably yeah. wouldn't have played Test cricket for Australia in another era. Yep. Yeah, it's a frustrating time to be a follower. Well, mm. anyone, any team with Doug Bollinger being the selected player, <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, you know, it's the same as Horrocks, right? You know, well, yeah, yeah. a toiler, but lacked certain skills to be a successful Test cricketer, but still played like mm. 20 Tests or 30 <laughs> Tests or something. <laughs> And no, too many bald cricketers. All righty. So I think we've spent enough time yes. shitting on everyone. So um, we'll move on. So a bit of um, a bit of cricket news that came out today that I heard on the TV while I was waiting to pick up my uh, lunch in the cafe. And, um, oh, cafe? What do you order, Mick? Uh, I was, it's a little uh, Asian cafe. So I got uh, beef and black bean and fried rice. So, uh, <laughs> right, got a, got a latte alongside the beef and black bean. And a, no, no, 600 mil Coke, mate. Got to look after, <laughs> you know, got to stay hydrated. Yeah, true, um, true. So what came on the screen was that Mornay Morkel, after being much touted about, will be playing for the Brisbane Heat this year. 
which has been suggested for about the last three years. Now, the reason this is actually interesting is he will not be playing as an international player because he now lives in Australia and has been classed as an Australian player. So he will be playing, he will not count as one of the Brisbane Heat's three international signings they're allowed to have. So on full England style. Yeah, so yeah, exactly right. Brisbane Heat well, have had so many Englishmen coming through there, they've decided to really embrace it and get hmm. people from other countries and say that they're Brisbane Heat people as well. Locals, so, yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's weird, I thought he'd be playing for the Scorchers. There's a lot of uh, South Africans over there. I assume it's, it just it's it's his wife, maybe Ros someone Kelly. from Fox Cricket or something. Yeah, Ros yeah. Kelly, Channel Yeah, that's it. Don't sound so excited about it, Ros. <laughs> He probably does too. I think it'll be shit. <laughs> it is easy to be playing for Australia. It means they can sign three other international players. So even if he is shit, it's all right. They have Chris Lynn, so they might as well have a shit bowl and go with their shit fucking bat. <laughs> uh, just, I'm actually thinking of um, running a competition to rename Brisbane, Mick. I'm thinking the Brisbane Shitfish has a good name <laughs> to it. <laughs> Uh, okay. Alrighty, so uh, with that, we'll have a little bit more BBL talk, and I'll throw to Ross, and hopefully he'll pipe up a bit now because he's it's yes, the one topic he up. loves talking about. We're gonna have to talk about the BBL fixture. Fuck Ross a boring, Gary. Ross. You fuck a boring. Spark up. <laughs> hey, just because I didn't interrupt Mick, don't call me boring. Yeah, everyone sorry. hates it when I interrupt people. <laughs> you can't have it both ways, okay? You either have me cutting you off halfway through every second word. <laughs> or I can just be reserved and wait and wait and then wait a little Your bit more. Your time to shine, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Don't mind right. you cut me off. The problem is you stand, you step on my fucking punchline every fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> Not if I don't speak. That's the key. Right. Now, uh, Alex, I'm glad you're back because I get to start this segment with one of my favourite phrases. Yep. <clears throat> As I predicted on the last episode, the oh. BBL will start on December the 10th. <laughs> yeah, I predicted this. I, I know fixtures. I know them. I know how they think. Yeah, so it's a Not Thursday, December the 10th. You are. <laughs> That's it. And um, they're, doing, they're doing hubs. Uh, four teams are going down to Hobart and Greater Tasmania nice. region, and four teams are flying into the, the wonderful city of Canberra for a hub. Would you what believe? Yeah. So, yeah, that's what's happening uh, there. So there's some home games, some away games, blah, 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 stuff. Yep. They've only fixed Any the venues through to... Any specifics? Just blah, blah, blah. are going to have day games start, starting at 11 a.m. <laughs> right. 11 a.m. games. That's actually interesting. Yeah, before the day-night test in Adelaide on two days, there's day games starting at 11 a.m. in Launceston oh, of all places. Yeah. Yep, they've got some Sunday night double headers, which we all love, the old 6-10, you know, mm-hmm. game through to half past 12, that sort of thing. Beautiful, chef kiss. Um, which is not new, new, but um, what is new is that they're in Queensland. So they actually start at 8 p.m. and go to 11 p.m. Oh, uh, nice. So, yep. okay. That's good for them. Uh, usual, you know, 7.15 start time, blah, blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> More blah, blah, blah. Interesting. Yep. First of January, David. Write that on the yeah, yada yada yada. They missed opportunity again. First of January, just the one game on the public oh, holiday. Nothing to watch. Uh, no cricket. First yeah. of January. You heard it here first. first. Yeah. No cricket uh, anywhere. It, yes, Mick. Isn't there a triple header at some point, Roscoe? Yep. There is. 
Oh, good We're season. only up to 1st of January. Don't, oh, sorry, don't rush mate. me, okay? Don't jump in. <laughs> I'm not saying much. And now you're trying to push your head to the last game of the season. <laughs> I didn't think you had much. Huh? You kept going blah, blah, right. blah. Yeah, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. I played a couple of games, doing these games. There's some there's games. Home, there's play. a way. There's teams. Two points. <laughs> Two points. One. Yeah. Yeah. No one apparently wants to hear about fixturing, so I moved through a little bit quicker. <laughs> and people give me shit about saying blah blah blah. I'm, huh. I'm with you, Ross. You move on. The quicker the better. Yeah. yeah. There's some weird double headers coming up. There's a double header. There's they've they've gone for massive days of cricket yes, style, which means that so Boxing Day. Yep. The test match finishes at 5.30 slash 6 p.m. because they can't buy the Rovers in time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it's 5.30 is stumps and 6 o'clock. You know. But anyway, uh, then then at 6.10 p.m., Sydney Thunder play Melbourne Renegades at Canberra. And then at 9.20 p.m., um, Sydney Sixers play Melbourne Stars at Metricon. So there'll be cricket on your TV or streaming digital service yep. that you plug through your non-existent free-to-wear television aerial from 10.30 a.m. till half past 12. Continuous cricket. That's got me rigid. Mega! (laughs) So 14 (laughs) hours of cricket. Yeah, 14 hours. Fucking hell. Nice. Still not enough. Not enough. No, (laughs) not enough. And then, strangely enough, they've gone on the 7th of Jan, which is the first day of the Sydney test, the New Year's test, David. They've Mm. gone for the same schedule. 10.30, 6, 10, 9, 20. Now, what surprise? Yeah, well, it's just a gem. When they there you go. Don't know. Uh, well, I think I've heard before the reason they don't have two games on the first of Jan is because they've got to pay their ground staff public holiday rates. Ah. But given that there could be no crowds, there'd be no ground staff. Hmm. Anyway, whatever. Someone's got to prepare every the year. pitch, mate. Someone's, Someone's got to put there. the covers on when it rains. Well, that is true. Someone's got to get yeah. the elephant's foot out and tamp down the bloody run-ups. To counter, and who knows why there's not three games on um, 1st of January, because on as Mick alluded to earlier, very cleverly, 26th of Jan, there's a triple header on. Oh, and well, it's a public holiday. Mm. Well, they pay them the rates. Maybe 1st of January has special... 2.5 or 3.5 rates. Because it's going to be triple time and a half. It's because cricket is a piss wreck yeah. and they won't be able to get up and play cricket on the 1st of Jan. <laughs> that's why. On the gear till 7am that night. We can't be expected to get up and start playing at 11am <laughs> in fucking Launceston. It'd be negative four degrees down there. <laughs> that's it. Uh, they're still going with the final five. But all these games might be in Melbourne. They're looking at playing the whole... Because Carnivale mm-hmm. at uh, Perth and Melbourne and Sydney could get them in January. And yeah. the final they're looking at and the final sequence and the final games could all be Melbourne because there's two venues. Yeah, okay. And the final schedule for the 6th of February, which I actually think is the right date. What they should do is lock in first Saturday in February is BBL final. I know it's after school holidays, but I actually think that's all right because they, yeah, they said a few years yeah. ago they want school kids talking about BBL at school. Yeah. So I think first Saturday in February, it's not too far past the school holidays and it's memorable. It's like last Saturday in September, first Saturday yeah. in February. Yes, 
Alex. Yeah, I'm thinking Anzac Day is probably the time for the finals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's when the Shield final is going to start. Anzac Day is at this point. Vic's played two games before Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Wake up. <laughs> I've got a question for you, Ross. That was a, a good prediction on when the BBL would start. And I, mean, I, I heard with some interest that a hub will be in Tasmania. So... I'd like you to make a prediction now and put your balls on the line and say how many games will be washed out in that Hobart hub. Ooh. Oh, yeah, and they're going to Launceston. And it's, it's early December. I reckon, I reckon we're looking at... Uh, I don't even know how many games there are. I'm going to say three. Three washouts. Okay. So, so timestamp that, Mick. And, um, Heard it here we'll first. So that's <laughs> three. Yeah. So that's blah, blah, and blah. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's it. Yada, yada, and yada. A <laughs> factor of yadas. Yeah, they'll all get washed Trio out. Trio of yadas. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So we look forward to that. I think Perth Scorchers will be happy because they might do a few less flights this year. Hmm. Oh, that'll their... help their hamstrings out. Yeah, their nightmare fixture from last year where they play one home game, then fly across to Sydney, then go back to Perth for one home game, then fly back to Sydney, play the other Sydney team, then fly oh, back to Perth. But... Yeah. They're going to be a bit starving. <laughs> two Sydney teams. Yeah. Yes, no test match, no ODIs, no T20Is, and no T20s till January at the earliest. Fuck. Well, that's what you get for having a hard border. a fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Two two contrasting statements there. One very politically correct. One not so much. That's what we bring with this when podcast. You have a hard border, isn't it? <laughs> that's what we have. That's what we bring with this podcast. Varying viewpoints. Political science. Dairy that's what products. we bring. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. Thanks, Ross. Alrighty, Roscoe. Uh, is that all you got for me, buddy? Uh, yep. Yeah, that's yep. it. Yep. Alrighty. Good stuff. Thanks for that, Ross. So. For all of you out there in uh, BBL fixturing land, that was for you. So um, from here, we move over to round three of the Sheffield Shield, which is still being played in the hub in South Australia. And with the summaries of the games and the votes for the Jamie Cox medal, I throw over to David. Uh, If you're still listening, this will probably go for about six minutes. So if you skip forward six minutes... Well, we'll be done with the shit. So, um, <laughs> what are they going to skip forward to, though? Uh, like, normally, like podcasts yeah. have something to look for, like the thing everyone loves. We just got the nothing. end. Just skip forward to the end. That's what they're looking forward <laughs> to. Skip forward back to Thanks me. Thanks for listening. <laughs> my next segment. As Michael so uh, correctly put, that was round three of the Shield, um, <sighs> and New South Wales played Queensland in game one, or what I've termed game one. Uh, New South Wales won a toss and elected to bowl. Let's see how that goes for them. Um, Queensland batted first, made 298. Flying lasagna, 117. Uh, going on well with his uh, hundreds in the previous two rounds, I believe. Uh, also, the captain, I think he's still the captain, Jimmy Pearson got 66. Uh, Mitchell Stark, four for 76 in that innings. Um, as is normally uh, customary, New South Wales batted next and they made 283. Uh, Tip Madsley's favourite player, Peter Neville, got 59. That's it. He's he's finished. And uh, Abbott killed him with 66. Uh, Mitchell Swepson got five for 97. So unlucky young fella. Almost got a ginfer, but um, (laughs) yeah, just weren't quite bad enough. Um, (laughs) Not enough full bangers. That's it. Um, (laughs) So because New South Wales got so close to Queensland, there was no follow on. So Queensland batted again. 
Um, and they made 190. Uh, not many things to note in that innings, except for Renshaw batted at five. Um, nice. So everyone, everyone wanted to open and test cricket, but batted at five for his state and made 42. Trent Copeland uh, got five for 17 off his 18 overs, which was wow. uh, pretty good. Jeez. Well, I say pretty good. It's five for 17 off 18 in the shield match. It's fucking great. Um, New South Wales then batted next. They made... I won't give it away because then I'll spoil the game. Um, you can go your Solway. They were chasing mm. 205, I believe. Um, and Solway got 52 in that chase. Mitchell Swerps had another five, a five for 74. Got down to the last wicket, uh, nine down for 206, New South Wales. So they ended up winning that match by a solitary wicket. Um, I don't know. Did you catch the end of that? Someone caught the end of that game in this group, I'm pretty sure, because it was pretty tight. I was watching the Vix. So I didn't. Oh, I think it was Tip Madsley, actually. He was on New South Wales. Big Cane Toads fan. Is he? Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, he was that. a correspondent to that game. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't and like the Vix. Off the Vix. Yeah, true. After the Someone Vicks who doesn't love his bushies. Only nah, one. Nah. Well, I think it's a, their hub petulance turned him off them. <laughs> He's probably oh, yeah. second love Cane Toads. Yeah. Big State of Origin fan, Tip. He is too. Loves his Cane Toads. Yeah, Queensland. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Jamie Not Cox, middle votes. Do you write them? He's down, Ross. One vote. Yep. Oh, pen in hand. Ah, <laughs> uh, yep. One vote. Flying lasagna for his 117. Itchy. Two lasagna. votes. Trent Nin. Copeland for his 5 for 17 Trent. off 18. Oof. And three votes. And man of the match, I gave to what do you do with the brim? You sweep, son. He got yeah. 10 for about 200 something. Son. Like that. So well done. Um, we go to another oval in South Australia because uh, of the hub thing. Uh, Western Australia played the Tasmanian Tigers. Uh, Tasmania won the toss and also elected to bowl. Let's see how that goes for them. Um, the alcohol think again, Western Warriors made 302 in their first innings. Sean Marsh with 115. Uh, Josh Inglis, who I believe is keeping for uh, Western Australia at the minute, made 51. And Ross's mate Cameron Gannon, 58. That's it, not Cameron Green, Cameron Gannon. Yeah, that's him. Gannon, the 46-pounder. Yeah, Um, the fully-fledged cannon. Nathan Nathan Ellis, four for 76 for Tassie. And Jackson Rainbird, three for 47. Ah, hold. Half-brother of Sam. Pretty good, isn't it? Pretty bloody good. I haven't seen him lately. What's he up to? uh, Bowling. Uh, Funnily enough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't reckon he made it to the hub. I reckon they left him. Yeah, yeah I think, I think yeah. Pierre Siddle has put a full stop on that one. Jeez. Yeah. In a worrying, remember him himself. In a worrying, worrying trend. trend. Mm. Um, Concerning, yeah, Bull. This yeah, game mirrors... Disturbing this development. Game, can you bloke shut the fuck up for a second? <laughs> this game mirrors the first game where the other team batted second. Uh, so <laughs> Tasmania... Went out to the crease. Um, <laughs> Matthew Wade made 83 and uh, conceived in a sex tape. McDermott made 90. Oh, uh, Lance Morris. Yep. Oh, Lance never Morris. Sounds like a New Zealand name. Five for 94. So just not quite shit enough to get a ginfa. Um, <laughs> Look, it's, I've got to say, it's not an easy thing to do, guys. No, so like, when it happens, it should be celebrated, all right? It's Five hard. half volley. He should have just thrown one up a bit more, got yeah, him to hit yeah. over the fence, then got him out the next ball. Six yeah, exactly. Runs. It's a good tactic. It's worked. Proven results. 
Um, so Tasmania made 432 in their first innings. And because they were in front, they couldn't then enforce the follow-on. Uh, so WA had to bet again. Uh, Cameron Bancroft, the yoga instructor, made 104. <laughs> Sam Whiteman, who doesn't keep Western Australia at the minute, made 118. Shaw Marsh got 88. And DRC Short made 57. Uh, they were five for 436 declared. Nothing to really write home about for the bowlers except Nathan Ellis for 108. Oh, getting too far. Yeah, you know how hard that is to do. <laughs> so, Tasmania then made it to bat again. Um, <laughs> As is convention. Yeah. Um, so, they batted for a boring draw. Two for 117. Yeah. Matthew Wade made 57 red. Jamie Cox medal votes. One vote. Matthew Wade. Two votes. Is that a sim- oh, sorry. Lance Morris. Fucking hell. Three, three votes, Sean Marsh. Smash. Then we go uh, to another right, game in uh, South Australia. Funnily enough, uh, South Australia were competing in this one. They <laughs> played against the, what do you call them? The mighty Victoria. Um, the mighty Victorians. The mighty Victorians. South Australia won the toss and bucked the trend and batted first. Jeez. And potentially probably should have bowled because they were rolled for 200. <laughs> um, Henry Helen Hunt made 50. Um, and the chairman's son, Will Sutherland, got three for 26 off 16. So the Vicks, uh, as is customary at the minute, batted second after <laughs> SA batted first. Right. Um, they decided to bat for as long as they possibly could. Um, so they piled up three for 564 declared. Fuck. Uh, Will Pekofsky, the hockey puck, 255 red. Marcus Harris, the bomber, 239. An opening partnership of 486, which is the highest in Sheffield Shield history. Of any partnership, correct? Yeah. Oh, I believe so, yeah. yeah. Highest partnership Past the ever. the War Brothers from 1990. Oh, shit. I've got Can one... I just yeah, chop in there very quickly? Um, Cal Ferguson, not only did he make a pair in his last game, but he dropped one of those two. He did. He dropped, stage. I think it was Harris in first slip. Yeah, yeah, it was like soda, second yeah. over of the second day they batted for yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like so he's, probably on 120 or something. Yeah. So he's gone yeah. full ghillie style, dropped the catch and decided to retire. That's mm. interesting. Uh, bowling <laughs> for South Australia. This is one for your, um, for your right-arm orthodox fans out there of part-time bowling. Um, Travis Head, one for 53 off 10. Oh, so, it's the easiest thing to bowl. How do you go at fives? Uh, well... I don't know. And I don't know who that is. Like How'd you get a wicket? <laughs> um, so because Victoria declared, South Australia decided that they would bat again, which was um, interesting. Yeah. Um, so this game... Bowled, to be honest. This game actually was was pretty good up until the end. Um, they were chasing whatever that is, 364... <laughs> Something like that to get back into to get a lead. Um, so Helen Hunt made eighty. Um, Richard Head made one hundred and fifty-one, batting to save the game. And Liam Great Scott got sixty-one at the end. So they made eight for three hundred eighty-four, repeated out to a boring draw. Headlock of Robbers Dog Scott Boland got six for sixty-one in the yep. last inning or the third inning, I should say, not the last inning. Uh, so as I mentioned, it just yeah, petered out to a boring draw. Uh, votes. 
Uh, one vote, Headlock of Robber's Dog, Scott Boland, for his six far. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, two, the Bomber Harris, and three votes, the Hockey Park, Will Bukowski. No, nah, uh, that's wrong. I've, no. I've just got... I've no, just got... Um, <laughs> I've just got here that uh, Richard Head and Helen Hunt were stiff to miss out, uh, especially Richard, because he was growing Yeah, he batted very well in the... Uh, securing the draw. That's pathetic. I think you should be banned from doing the votes, Bull. I'm sorry to interrupt here, everyone. But Harris should have got three. Pekoski should have got two. Like, it's clear. It's a clear mistake you've made. I'm not happy with that. (laughs) Could you run through who got one and two? Because you didn't give me the warning (laughs) and I didn't get my pen up. Scotty Boland got one. Yep, Scott Boland and Bomber Harris got two. Disgusting. Done. So that's the shield wrap. Yep. Thank you, Bulls. So for those playing at home, Lloyd Pope took none for 108 to take his season total to seven for about a thousand. So keep going, Lloyd. Keep doing us proud. Must be huge. It must be. It It might be a thousand runs. It's something like it's something like seven for 700 or something like that. It is actually Mm. fucking um, unbelievable. Yeah. There's another round of shield coming up, isn't there? Yeah, it starts on Sunday. Sunday. Sunday, 8th, Sunday, Sunday. 8th of November, which we're recording on Friday, so it's this coming uh-huh. Sunday. Six so that would be second season for I win a sack of shit Sunday. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Vix and WA will be on the traditional Fox Cricket channel on Foxtel. All of you who have all of you who have a Foxtel box. Love you um, all. Yeah, but I watched that uh, Vix game because obviously that's what I did. And um, there was a lot of talk about... Um, the test side coming up and who's going to come in and who's going to do this and who's going to do that. And uh, obviously Cameron Green's got a lot of support. Travis Head has obviously played well in the last two Shield games, picking up tons and saving draws. So he'll, he's probably got himself to keeping his spot. The interesting one is like, so Will Bukowski, that was the first time he's ever opened the batting in first-class cricket. He actually went to Trevor Holmes apparently and said, I want to open in test cricket. And he said, well, you've got to start opening for Victoria. They went to Victoria to Chris Rogers that I want to open batting and him and Harris put on like none for 480 the first time they batted together. So it'll be interesting to see if he does dislodge Joe Burns at the top of the order or not. Yes, Alex. It's interesting that he went to the Australian setup and said he wanted to open before going to the Vicks. It's yeah, well, weird. that's what that's what um that's what the commentators were leading yeah, us to I don't believe know. on I, the coverage. I so that, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, it sounds unusual, but that's what they were barking on about. Yeah, yeah Dave. I was just going to ask if you wanted to know the top five run getters and wicket getters as uh, wicket takers for the Shield at the minute. No, no, I don't want to know. No, it's not. Really yeah, I do. So, and I'm the host. So let's do this. <laughs> so, funny can I just jump in there? And so, no. Alex, I blame yes. him bypassing Victorians to talk about opening. I blame Elite Pathways. Over oh, to you, Dave. Yeah, Gilded Bubbles within Gilded <laughs> Bubbles, Ross. So Junior Elite Gilded Bubbles, the worst yeah. kind of Elite oh, Gilded yuck. Bubbles. Yuck. Yeah. I'll just mute myself until you're ready, boys. Is that right? <laughs> All right. A couple of minutes, mate. We'll be with you. Fucking idiots. <laughs> um, Every fucking week. Oh. <laughs> so, Travis Ed, who you mentioned, uh, Mick, is leading the run scoring list with 418 and an average of 83.6. Shit. I didn't uh, expect so, it to be leading. Yeah, six innings for his 418 runs. Sean Marsh is second with 350 runs at 87 and a half. Uh, Sam Whiteman, third with 319 at 63. Uh, your mate, Ross Cameron Gannon slash Green, 
307 <laughs> runs at an average of 76. And Ben McDermott, 287 at 71.75. Wickets um, swept them with 15 at 20. Uh, Alice from Tasmania with 12 at 32 and a half. Abbott really doing a good job, 10 at 16.8. And uh, Old Straight Breaks Agar also has 10, but at 40. And Jackson Rainbird has nine at 30. Yeah, Roscoe. Oh, it's interesting there that um, you didn't mention John Holland because I think he picked up two for Victoria across that game. And that prompted Chris Rogers to come out and say he was the second best spinner in Australia <laughs> and that he should be paired with Nathan Lyon for the SCG test match. Yeah, right. And that was the day before Mitch Swepson took his second Pfeiffer, which made 10 for the match. I just thought, Chris, I love you. But <laughs> and swept some balls over the wrist spin too, which people always seem to like. Yeah, it's almost like you shouldn't trust coaches to uh, promote <laughs> their players. It's almost I like agree. they've sort of got this vested interest around their own players. John Holland never played for Australia again. Simple as that. Well, if we're only successful, ever, probably not, right? We only ever played a couple of test matches overseas, and we're not going to Sri Lanka or Bangladesh anytime soon. And not with that attitude, we're not. Fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a quick interlude while Mick prepares for the next segment. I was looking through the um, series and I saw there's the KFC BBL. It's the Rebel WBBL. It's the Marsh Sheffield Shield. But some other sponsors caught my eye. Ooh. The Detol ODI series versus oh, India. Marsh had both yes. last year. Uh, <laughs> it's the Detol T20I series against India as well. Capitalising. Am I mistaken, or is this a, a split back to earlier times? It's the Vodafone Test Series versus India. Oh, yeah. oh Vodafone, yeah, that's, that's, um, that's Haidos Langer opening the bag. Yeah, yeah. when we went to the Test match, we got yeah. the Vodafone little bags. Yeah. What's it like? There used to be Optus? three, and then three got yeah. bought out by Vodafone. Uh, oh, was it that way? Mm. Yep. Magellan's been recently, Ross. Ah, that's right. Uh, the Ashes, oh, Magellan. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but anyway, mm. throwback. All throwback right. Thursday. Good but one. it's Friday. Flashback <laughs> <laughs> Friday. Wow. All righty. So um, our next segment, if you if you been quiet, you get to speak in a second, Ross, because the next segment is your segment that you wanted to talk about, which is old county picturing stuff is what I've got. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Do I have to add another thing okay. to the Vince McMahon meme? Like him <laughs> bursting off into space talking about 50-year-old fucking fixturing channel. Alrighty, here we go. This is from... This is... You know how it's a bit old school. Like we've got Twitter and we've got Facebook feeds and we've got, you know, news feeds on different social media platforms. I'm understanding yeah. the technology of this day and age, yes. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Before that, there was... Uh, subscribing on your email to things, wasn't it? That was sort yes. of a little bit of a precursor. Mm. So I subscribed to a very nice um, email that I get weekly from the Guardian newspaper in the UK called The Spin, which is their weekly cricket like newsletter, basically. Nice. Yeah, it's good. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> 50 years ago, cricket began using computers to draw up fixtures. <laughs> hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Can I interject? Are you, you reading an article out of the spin? Is that the premise? <laughs> just no, asking, because you just you, you gave us a preamble and then just started talking. So I'm not <laughs> sure what you're doing now. 
I'm giving you the highlights. Okay. Alex. Much Sorry. like the of an article stream. from the spin. The spin. Okay. Yeah. It's a news. It's a it's a subscriber newsletter. Yes. So it's I like Homer Simpson just... said. Yeah. I like your ideas. I'd like to subscribe to your newsletter, and that's what <laughs> I did. That's what I said when I first read the Guardian no slash the Spin. Yeah, I, I think Bulls just. I took the famous words of Homer Simpson and <laughs> put them into action, and that's where I take all my cues in life. Homer Simpson, right, right. Okay, by the 1960s, there's a th- blah blah blah. By the 1960s, <laughs> there was a three-man MCC fixtures subcommittee. Responsible okay. for producing first-class fixtures for the following summer. And the work essentially, as all three-man committees do, Alex, yeah, as you would know through your work environment, the work essentially fell to just one man. Absolutely. Yes. Surrey Sec- Secretary Jeffrey Howard, much like a uni group project assignment. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'll do the report at the end. Yeah, that's what i You guys do everything man. else. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right, so he was the Surrey Secretary, Geoffrey Howard, and for several months each autumn, obviously that's the end of the, uh, the summer sport time, mm-hmm. he would jump into his supplementary sub-office that he kept at the Oval <laughs> for his particular purpose of fixturing and set to work. Okay. On the wall, there was a notice board on which he gathered all the requests put in by the various counties. I believe they were on what is now called post-it notes, but in then we're just called pieces of paper. <laughs> <laughs> yes. One team might want to play a particular opponent at a particular ground on a particular date to coincide with an unrelated celebrations. Yep. Past players day. Correct. Yep. Kent, for example, weekend. <laughs> Kent, as you all know, Alex, back in the 1960s, for example, they of course like to play Sussex. Absolutely, all the time. They were hard as a kid's yeah. head over it. Yeah, at, at, of course, the Neville Ground, where they always played against Sussex. Yes. In a Neville Ground, yes. <laughs> it was actually on the county border, that ground, between Kent and Sussex. Hence, Limit mm. the travel time. Yeah, that's it. Yes. And they wanted to play during the festival week that occurred at Tunbridge Wells, of course. Obviously. Naturally. Incorporated yeah, obviously. a past players day, and then their yeah. next fixture was ladies' day. Yeah, and... Teams would put in to get um, games on uh, public holidays, which in the UK they call bank holidays, which always fall on a Monday, and there's three throughout the summer months. Mm-hmm. And they would make their feelings known if they hadn't been given a bank holiday fixture in a number of years and expect the issue to be dealt with via the post-it note system. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, there, there were so many complicating factors it must have taken an epic combination of human memory and ingenious filing system to keep all the balls in the air but bank holidays, when bumper crowds could be expected, seem to have been the big sticking point. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like the adhesive on the back of a post-it note. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Mm. Right. One of, the, one of the other things that happened in the early 1960s was one of the August bank holidays was moved from the last weekend of August to the first weekend oh, of August. Fuck. Mayhem. Was that Dan Andrews' great-grandfather making up a whole That's just another one. <laughs> By 1966, a ballot system had been introduced. I believe it was called the Electoral College System <laughs> of County Cricket Fixtures. <laughs> Yorkshire were the Texas 
And so they had <laughs> 35 electoral college votes. On the other hand, Lancashire for California, and they had 55 electoral college votes. Mm. I digress. Right. Lots of gerrymandering around the uh, uh, county college votes. Many, many issues of gerrymandering. Yes. <laughs> the, 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 was, the peak filibuster of the podcast. Filibuster, Ross. yes. There's a lot yeah. of filibustering. Continue yes. to talk until everyone else dies. Yeah. That's it. Much like I do on this podcast. Yes. The grand tradition of filibusting continues <laughs> in this little corner of the world. <laughs> yes. Where I have ruled off my own electoral zone by a great manifest um, proclamation of gerrymandering. Okay, I move on. Now, there were basic rules. Middlesex could not play a home game on the same day as Surrey, for example, because they're both in the same city of... 8 million people. Who knows why? Anyway, yeah, uh, the test grounds... Now, this makes more sense. Test grounds could see no action for at least three days prior to a test match. That seems short. I reckon yeah. that would be at least mm. a week. In Australia, that would be above. <laughs> yeah, it feels like it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Right. In 1965, Jeffrey Howard invested in something called an Ingersoll Rand visual indicator. I'm actually interested in this. I'm oh, surprised no, I think by this. It sounds a bit like a forerunner to a Gantt chart, Alex. Ah. Mm. Mm. However, the contraption was described as, quote, a huge board. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fucking um, pin-up pin up board or whatever. Yeah, I think it, it was cork. It was made of cork. Yeah, so cork you put the board, pins into it. Yeah. And so the non-adhesive post-it notes could then be pinned. Ad- adhered to the board. Adhered to like. the... Ingersoll Rand visual indicator. <laughs> and the writer of this article says, I have not been able to find, I've been able to find only very little information about this board. So there you go. Obviously it didn't have right. a long life. Right. It took me about two months to prepare a draft, said the fixture. Sometimes 20 fixtures had to be unraveled to fit in one that had been overlooked or needed to be changed. Fuck. It means, of what course, f- that the 20 fixtures have to be replanned and put in a new date. Is rather like finding you have a piece in a jigsaw puzzle in the wrong place. Sometimes, after a six-hour session of fixture making, I can no longer think or even (laughs) see straight. There is only one thing to do, leave it and go home. Absolutely. Smart Mm. man. Yes, I know. Like, I would be doing it in 90-minute blocks myself and then going for a 30-minute walk. Mm. Absolutely. Yep. Then he met someone called Doug Flower. Mm. Mm. Right. Andy's dad. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes. They met on a they met on a um, tractor in the field in Zimbabwe. There was a mask there for some reason. But yeah. He he worked for a company who compiled the fixtures for the English Football League. Uh-huh. And Howard asked him to have a look at the county championship. Hang on, hang on. There was one guy doing it for county, and there was an entire company doing it. Oh, no, 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 sorry. He was employee of the Barrett Computer Services in Kidsgrove. Okay. I was yeah. just going to say, like, you're probably under-resourced <laughs> as a county, you know, if there's mm. a company doing one fixture for one place. And one I, th- th- I felt like, by reading this, that this guy worked for an unrelated industry just having to use computers. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. He's earning shitloads yeah. doing computers. That's it, basically. <laughs> yeah. He said, you're I'm a professional. I said, or oh, you should be. Yeah. He said, I don't want to be because I'm happy earning shitloads yeah. doing computers for yeah, um, Barrick Computer Services in Kids Club. <laughs> Barrick Computer Services. Mm. 
I'm uh, happy earning shitloads doing IT help desk. Exactly. It's a bit of a sliding doors with like IBM and Barrett Computer Services. You know, if one thing went right for one and not the other, we could have been buying right. Barrett Computers now they, and they not IBM. The, the, San, the San Juan area, Silicon Valley in California, <laughs> but it could so easily have been Kids Grove in the UK. <laughs> they called Silicon Valley. And that's if only the doors government moment. invested in Kids Grove. <laughs> Could have been anything. <laughs> Instead, we're it's... doing fixturing for county cricket. <laughs> Won't somebody think of the kids in Kids Grove? <laughs> it took Doug <gasps> about twenty hours, so I guess about three days' work okay. to program all the variables that required for county cricket. Yep. With the Guardian reporting at the time, "quote He found it easier than football." Not only because the volume was less, there's 92 professional teams of football in England, but because the 18, or there wouldn't have even been 18, county secretaries back in 1965 were more helpful and friendlier. (laughs) Quote, some counties ought to be tougher. Quote, for instance, clubs like Kent and Essex specify dates. They want festival matches and get them. Others who don't have festivals seem prepared to take potluck and could find themselves with fixture arrangements they might not like. But said nothing. Unbelievable. Weak cunts. Yeah, that's it. Once the variables had been programmed in, the act of compiling the fixtures took 11 seconds. Wow. <laughs> Wowee. Uh, two months <laughs> to 11 seconds. Not well, 12 three days second of fixtures, 11 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Not six, that's seven. A Seven's number. a key number. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> It's interesting because, yeah, 20 hours to program it in, so three days, and yeah. th- that was from scratch. So imagine Three days future, and 12 seconds. <laughs> three days and 12 seconds, yeah. You probably got that 12 seconds into one of the first three days. <laughs> yeah. Just jammed it in. Worked a bit yeah. over time. 12 seconds over time. Just piss your pants uh, which, one day and fucking get the 12 seconds. Well, eight months while you were coding. There you go. Yeah, Instead of stopping coding. Well, you push the button, go, and then I, <laughs> and it was finished before you got the first mouth from the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which makes me think in subsequent years, it wouldn't have taken 20 hours to do the programming because you'd done that was from scratch. Anyway, yeah, yeah. there you go. Um, three years later, Howard took down his Ingersoll Rand visual indicator for good oh. and retired it to a farmhouse in Gloucestershire. <laughs> what? <laughs> Is that like a joke at like, you know, when your dog dies, your parents it's say you're going to, to the farm? farm. Yeah. <laughs> Is that... that I, or is that like legit? It went to a farmhouse. I'm not sure this isn't a humorous article. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, and so it went to a. It's factual. It went, actually <laughs> went to a farmhouse. It's still there now. The farmer plots where he's moving his crops around. <laughs> Very helpful. It's bits of paper. Good technology is just misunderstood. Like so much technology, it's not the technology at fault. It's the user. Mm, okay. Uh, and this was seen as the genesis of technology in cricket. Uh-huh. And it's never looked back. We've had the third umpire adjudicating runouts in our yes. lifetime. Once in a lifetime. Zingbales. Hawkeye, Snicko, yep. Zingbales. Uh, the Revometer. Not, not calling no balls. Great use of technology. Yeah. All those things. The thing that the umpire holds in front of his head that was like Spellbinder, the, the screen. Mm, Colour computer. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, Mick. No worries. Thank you, <laughs> Ross. Uh, I was so, actually interested in that, Ross. I'm not uh, sure anyone was, else. It was, was actually some interesting. It wasn't too bad. Yeah. yeah. It's just it's very the way the article was written is very English and very just 
this is what happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had to inject some colour into it. It's not easy. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a hard job we do. We should get more oh. thanks for it and money, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, and money. Yeah. Yeah. Any money. I'm just going to look into money. that Patreon setup. How do you yeah. How much have we made off those um, stubby olders, Paul? <laughs> uh, I think we're down minus 150 bucks, yeah. I think. Okay, well, I'm happy yeah. with that at the moment. We're <laughs> levelling out at minus 150. is pretty good for us, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Alrighty, so um, we're just about at the end, but I've got a little something that wasn't on the rundown, but I had a question asked of me yesterday, which and I'm going to put it to the rest of the group. So we'll have a little bit of a bit of listener uh, interaction. So I had a uh, chap from the cricket club ask me who I thought will replace Tim Payne as the next captain of Australia. Ooh. And I found it a rather difficult task to come up with my answer. I came up with one in the... End, but I'm interested to throw around to you boys and see what who you think. Pretty much most people are in agreement. Maybe not everyone, but it definitely looks like this will be the Tim Payne swan song this summer. You imagine, and he'll probably make way for Alex Carey to take the gloves, and then we'll see what happens from there on out. So, what is everyone's thoughts? So we'll move around. I'll start with you, Bull. What is your opinion, David? Oh, Steve Smith will be the next captain. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Anyone else got an opinion? I, yep. I do. I was just waiting for Paul yeah, to elaborate yeah, on go, his Alex. answer, but no, I think he's done for the day. Ooh, so like, that's the answer. <laughs> yeah. um, I, uh, I actually think it'll be the vice captain, and it'll be Pat, Cum- Pat oh, Cummings. Pat yeah, Noni. I think it'll be because I think, don't think Noni's the vice anymore because they had a no, duo, yeah, yeah. and now it's just Pat. And I think they'll go with Pat, and, and that I think might be the first time it's ever been a bowler that is captain of Australia. Richie Benno. Yeah, oh, well, a fast bowler, anyway. All-rounder, but oh, yes, uh, good point. Mm. I am incorrect there, Ross, and I'll, I'll wear that on my sleeve. Egg on your face, dickhead. Mm, yep. I was going to say um, straight to the guy on that. Mm. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I, think, I think they'll go with Pat. Um, I hope they do. I was actually going to say the same thing because I had a quick run through in my head of the batsman who -hmm. could do it. And the obvious one is to say Steve Smith. Um, But I thought, um, no, they've gone to a keeper, which they'd say, you know, they'd say, oh, you can't have a keeper as a captain. And Gilly only did it five times and there's good reason for that. I mean, it's been fine. And Wasim Akram was captain of Pakistan, so a bowler can do it. Yeah, Pollock for South Africa. Yeah, Pollock South Africa. Yeah, yeah, Courtney Walsh. So it's perfectly possible. And they're broken. Fuck, he had a good fucking series when he was captain, didn't he? Jesus Christ. <laughs> so they've broken the mould and made a keeper captain as being fine. So I think they just keep going. Yeah, and make Cummins. Because I went through the batsman and thought, well, Steve Smith, it's an obvious one, but... Manus, no, too intense. No Not chance. the right age for it yet. Not yet. And Head, he was a VC at one stage, wasn't he? Travis yeah. Head, and then he got dropped yeah, from yeah. the team or something. Just crap. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not good enough, just at the moment. I know his average is high and all the rest. But he's loose. Fuck, you can't have that. He's and, not a lock. You need, for a captain, no. it needs to be a lock. Yeah. yeah right. you, you know, they're going to be picked. You can't, yeah. you know, maybe they've yeah. gone that way with pain a little bit, I guess, but extenuating circumstances. If you're just going to pick one when there's no he's the best like a cheating scandal. Oh, but he's, you know, wouldn't, you wouldn't look at him and go, well, he's a lock for he that. He just position. made a ton. I, I, I hey, get your hey, point. I I'm, get your point. Uh, I'm his biggest fucking apologist and fan. I think he should keep captaining until he decides he quits. 
that's my opinion on Payne. So I think he should be in the side, but your captain needs to be a dead cert to get picked. Otherwise, you have huge issues from a selection point of view very quickly, if they're ahead, yeah. perhaps. I think Head should be picked also. I'm a huge fan of his. But he's not like a Smith, a Marnus at the moment, a Cummins, a Stark, a, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, that's why I was looking at Marnus, because he's a lock. He's going to play forever yeah. now. Doesn't matter yeah. if he goes shit for two years. He's still going to play him, which is fair yeah. enough. Um, but uh, I think he's just at the moment, at this point, in the wrong sort of personality to be a captain. Uh, so Cummins, I guess you just say injury, but I mean, he doesn't play ODIs, so he won't get injured and they play every test match. I'd film with that. Cummins, yeah, yeah, do it. They did a keeper, do a bowler. Why not? Yeah, yeah naturally, I disagree with all of that. So. <laughs> What's it going to be? I just say, Manus. No, I actually do. I'm, I actually do believe it should be Manus. Oh, okay. I really do. Oh, there yeah, you I go. Think yeah. I, I respect what Dave says, but Steve Smith made his bed and the cunt's going to lie and he should never captain that country ever again. <laughs> yeah. No, no, like, no, I'm sorry, but it's, it's hmm. fucking, it's, he cheated. He fucking cheated. Whether he did it or not, whether whatever, the reality is, is that he got implicated in that and he also got... Like Cricket Australia, he got in trouble for, which means that he's involved in it. Rightly or wrongly, I don't care. He doesn't fucking do it again. Same reason Warney was never captain after he got busted for drug cheating. Mm. Same reason, like, if you, if you fucking break the rules, that's it, you're done. So, that, so obviously, Warner's out, whatever. I understand the Pat Cummins being VC thing. I still don't know. Um, being VC and being captain's very different things. Mm-hmm. I know they don't sound like they're very different things, but they are. Look at and Travis I, and I think um, I still don't think Australia's brave enough to have a fast bowling captain. I know plenty of other countries have done it. I still don't think they will. Um, Head is actually not that big of a left field decision. He's the only. I think he's pretty much the only state captain in the Test side at the yeah, moment. Const- yep. Yeah, at the moment because oh, Payne, Payne is Test Payne captain, is. but he he's his state captain. But we're kicking him out of the Test side, so. At that point, because you've got Usman's Queensland. Yeah, he doesn't play all the time. Moises is New South Wales. Hanscom's Victoria. Marsh. I think Marsh is actually West Australia at the moment. And, Marsh? Um, no, Sean Marsh. Sean Marsh, yeah. And Sean heads Marsh. South Australia. So yeah. I think... But I, I honestly believe Marnus. Because I think even though like, I get the intense and the whole thing, but I think that's part of what might make it work. Because he's such a cricket nuffy and he's so intense. And yeah, be, Steve Smith's a nuffy be, too, isn't he? Yeah, and he'll and Marnus will be well strategized, I think, and he'll be have plans and he'll be he's like that type of player. So I still think we're talking I still think like it's reality is I think going into next year's ashes at home, we're gonna have a new captain. It's gonna be a matter of who that is. Bring back Captain Vessels. But like (laughs) he's referee at one of the shield games. The reality is if fucking um if Will Pukoski makes the first test side, well he's a fucking shoe in, he'll be captain by the time the actors come around. Yeah, Victorian. He'll be averaging three hundred by then. I'll just fucking (laughs) you guys don't have the keys. Fucking don't don't put too many hints in it. Yeah. But um so someone asked me that yesterday, Frigate, and I basically that that my thought process then was my thought process. I think Marnus Like Steve Smith, I wouldn't be surprised if they go back there, but I think, I don't know, I just, I personally, I'm like, you break the rules, can't you break the rules? Like, I think it's the wrong move to go back there. Yeah. It's not, not good optically. I think it's the easy um, option, but it's from yeah. in terms of like giving the job to someone. But I think in terms of like optics is a word everyone loves to use and the whole like just, if we, if like we can't get on our high horse and someone else does something, then if that's what we're going to do. 
That'd be yeah. like the fucking Pakistanis picking um, the cunt that's in prison and when he comes out, make him captain. Like, Salman Butt. Mm, so, anyway, that's my opinion. So, yeah, I just wanted to hear, hear what you guys thought about that as well. So, but um, it's going to be a very interesting test side for the first test, I think, because there's a few spots up for grabs. But we, we can talk about that a bit more next time as we get closer to the test kicking yeah. off a few more Oof, field games. I'm excited. Bit of, bit of sizzle for the next fucking podcast. But uh, I, think that'll, I think that'll wrap us up there. So uh, that's uh, thanks to our sponsors, the Frederick Harold Sock Company. Hit them up for all your sock wearing needs. Um, Thanks to everyone who's listening. Hands up, I love you. I just love taking the piss out of Ben Stokes. I don't take it personally. Uh, he's right. back, man. We got him back. If you've, got, if you've gotten this part of here, my half-assed apology, good for you. Yeah, so can, um, good luck to everyone playing cricket over the weekend. We pretty much kicked off in Victoria the last week. So good luck to everyone who's doing that. Yes, Alex. I just wondered if Ross might have had a final thought. Or... Oh, yeah. Ross, you got a final thought? Just a final thought from me. The bidding of District Cricket Association raised concerns whether Cooker will be able to keep up with the demand for white cricket balls with so many competitions Ooh. playing one day competition only this summer in coloured clothing. Yeah. And Cooker have come back to them and said, yes, they will be able to keep up with the demand. So okay, interesting. And look, it's, you know, that's what you need in like. Um, industry is good. Like the big boys asking the tough questions. Um, big boys, I mean the Bendigo and Surrounds Cricket Association, just really getting to the fucking, you know, the crux of the matter. Are you going to be able to provide cricket balls or not? Yes, I'd call them fuckwits. And also, <laughs> I'd say it's just filling pointless column inches in the Bendigo advertiser. Well, it sounds like a developing story to me, so we'll keep an eye on it. But, uh... Yeah. <laughs> We shall. <laughs> Our local correspondent in the region, Ross, we'll look uh, into it. It's concerning, Mick, and uh, we'll keep our, our eyes on this one because yeah. it could turn into something bigger later. Absolutely. Alrighty. All right, everyone, thanks for listening, and that'll wind us up. Thanks for being right. here, boys. Another another one smashed out of the park. So oh, that's yeah. another great episode. See you oh, later. Yeah. See, See you, guys. Jack's colours. <laughs> <laughs>